0: I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at IKAR in Los Angeles, and together we're gonna to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. One of my great heroes is Nahama Leibovitz, a legendary Torah teacher who in the 1950s, in the new state of Israel, started a revival in the study of the Parsha, the weekly Torah reading, exactly what we're doing here on this podcast. She brought this tradition back into the public consciousness. And we who love this form of study, we all owe her a great deal. So Nachama, as she was known, wrote this beautiful little essay on a beautiful little passage in this week's Parsha, Kitisa. And in it, she introduced me to a mind blowing piece of Torah commentary by the 13th century Spanish preacher, Rabbeinu Bachia. So this week, I'd like to retrace the path she led me down and share some of these riches with you. Let's begin with the text of the Torah itself, taken from the end of the Parsha. And I'm gonna do something I rarely do, which is to quote the passage in full. Because just to read it out loud is a beautiful experience, even in English. As Nahama points out, it's written in uniquely poetic language. It's dreamlike and repetitive, almost like a mantra. The narrative describes Moses' descent from Mount Sinai after having spent 40 days up there, neither eating nor drinking, just communing with God. And as the people see him begin to descend, they notice something startling about his appearance. Vahih, so Moses came down from Mount Sinai. And as Moses came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face was radiant since he had spoken with him. Aaron and all the children of Israel saw that the skin of Moses' face was radiant and they were scared to come near him. But Moses called to them and Aaron, and all the chieftains in the assembly returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterwards, all the children of Israel came near, and he commanded them in all that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a mask on his face. So whenever Moses came before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the mask off until he came out. And when he came out and told the children of Israel what he had been commanded, The children of Israel would see how radiant the skin of Moses' face was. Moses would then put the mask back on his face until he came in to speak with him. What a dizzying scene. There's so much mystery here. What is this light on Moses' face? Why isn't Moses aware of it if it's so visible to everyone else? Why are the people afraid of it? And, And what is this mask that Moses puts on? It's all very difficult to understand. But there is a clue in the wording that may help us answer at least one of these questions. Because there is one word that repeats itself again and again in this passage. Pene, the word for face. Moses' face is mentioned no less than six times. That's where this light is coming from. And then there's a seventh mention of a face, though this one is somewhat hidden. Towards the end, when the verse says that Moses would come before God, the Hebrew word for before, lifnei, is related again to the word for face, panay. So literally, it means at God's face. So we have Moses's face and God's face. Now, where have we seen those faces together before? Well, earlier in our Parsha, actually. A chapter back, when describing how God would communicate with Moses at the tent of meeting, the Torah says, El Moshe Kasher Ish El The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, panim el panim, like one man speaks to his fellow. When we come to the end of the Torah, the last verses of Deuteronomy will repeat this imagery. Moses spoke to God as no one else ever had before or has since, Panim El Panim face to face. So when we read in our Parsha here that Moses's face of all things glowed after he came down from the mountain where God spoke to him for 40 days, we can only presume that this light on his face was transmitted from the light of God's own face. Now, I won't claim to know what that means. Surely the Torah is not suggesting that God has a face in the way that you and I have a face. In fact, Another verse from our Parsha has God famously declaring to Moses, You cannot see my face, lo tu panai, for no person can see me and live. Lo yirani adam vachai. But maybe Moses can't see God's face precisely because all he could see was the blinding light radiating off of it. That light was so powerful that it, it left a residue on Moses' own face. And that light is precisely what Moses is showing the people when he calls them to come close after he's descended from the mountain. This imagery is particularly striking when we consider that what's happening in this scene is that Moses is instructing the people. The language here is that he commanded them in all that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. Rashi, our most classic commentator, sees in this moment a key to understanding the entire process of transmitting the Torah from one person to another, and he links the phrase, afterwards all the children of Israel came near to the following passage from the Talmud. Tanu Rabbanin, Rashi is quoting, our rabbis taught, Ketzad seder Mishnah. what was the seder Mishnah? what was the procedure for teaching? Moshe haya lamed mi piagvura, Moses learned from the mouth of the almighty. Then Aaron entered and Moses taught him his lesson. Aaron then moved aside and sat down on Moses's left. Then Aaron's sons entered and Moses taught them their lesson. And then they moved aside. Then the elders entered and Moses taught them their lesson. And when the elders moved aside, all the rest of the people entered and Moses taught them their lesson. Then Moses departed, and Aaron taught them his lesson. Then Aaron departed, and his sons taught them their lesson. His sons then departed, and the elders taught them their lesson. Okay, so Moses received straight from God. And then everyone received a lesson from Moses. And then, it seems, everyone had a lesson to give. Now, if we connect that process to our analysis of the words in the Torah, and remember that part of what Moses received from God, remnant of the light from God's face, well, then it's fair to assume that part of what Moses is giving over to the people is this same light. It shines from his face now onto theirs, and then their faces radiate. And then they transmit that light onto the next person, and on and on, so that Everyone who learns Torah is being glazed with a trace of that original light from the divine countenance. Now, I, I could just stop here in dieenu. The imagery alone is, is so stunning, it, it just floors me. But we have to push further and ask, what does it all mean? What exactly was being communicated or transmitted or radiated from face to face, what happened to Moses in that original encounter? To answer that, we turn finally to the piece I promised from Rebenu Bachia, the piece that Lechama Leibovitch shared with us in her essay. So Bachia notices a strange ambiguity in the last line of our passage in Exodus. And it has to do with the way the ancient Hebrew defaults to the male pronoun for God. When I'm translating, I'll often try to avoid that usage if I can, just because I prefer not to gender God. But in this case, we're gonna leave it in the original because it's precisely the use of the pronouns in this line that will provide Rabbeinu Bachia with an opening for his remarkable interpretation. So here's the line. Moses would then put the mask back on his face Until he came in to speak with him. And here's what Bachia says. Until he came in to speak with him. Ad bo ledaberito. It should have said, Until he came in to speak with God. Ledaber Hashem. For look, the verses repeat Moses' name many times. And they don't revert to the pronoun. So why now do they use the pronoun? instead of the special name of God. In a place where the name really ought to be mentioned to avoid ambiguity, it isn't mentioned. But it's possible to say that all of this was to elevate the honor given to Moses. So that you could understand this verse also to mean until God came in to speak with Moses. Arbo Hashem ledaber im This is to teach you that just as Moses came to speak to God, so God came to speak to Moses. Just as the verse we saw earlier says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, like one man speaks to his fellow. Astounding. Rebbeinu Bachia is offering such a radical reading of the verse that it, it took me a moment to realize what he was saying. He's suggesting that the Torah used the ambiguous pronoun on purpose, deliberately leaving the phrase vague so that you, the reader, could understand the hymn here to be either God or Moses. And that means that the he who came could also be either God or Moses. In other words, the very description of the face-to-face encounter between Moses and God by blurring the identities of the two parties, manages to convey that in that moment, the difference between Moses and God itself became blurred. Standing in the light of God's face, one couldn't see who was who. There were simply two beings talking. There was a true meeting between them, some kind of merger. And when Moses walked away, his face was changed. He looked more like the God he'd been talking to. And then he went and spoke to Aaron face to face and Aaron began to glow. And when Aaron taught his sons, their faces also became radiant and so on and so forth until all of the people were shining with the same light. In all of these moments, when the Torah is given over from teacher to student, it's never clear who's the teacher and who's the student? There are just words and light. And in that blinding light, we cannot see who is God and who is Moses. And who is Moses and who is Aaron? The elders and the people, the Talmud and Rashi, bachya and Nechama, Nechama and me, me and you. We're all lost, lost in the face of it all. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom, and our theme song is Piet by Hillel Tigay. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I K A R L A. Thanks a lot and see you next week.